my process. When I decided that this was going to be my path for the foreseeable future, I did not realize how long that future was going to be. Peering into the diaries, I noticed a few things first. One, Julius has very tiny cursive handwriting. Two, there are several places and names in English. And three, not knowing any German personally was going to make this a little more difficult. I started looking at the English place names with the intent of using those to start creating a guide to Julius's cursive script. That plan did not last past the first engagement, however. The script of the English words did not resemble one more letter anywhere in the first nor the second entries. On top of that, there were letters that looked absolutely nothing like any cursive letter I had ever seen before in my life. I took to Google, my dear friend, entering the search terms German cursive and made my first discovery of growing frustration. His diary is not written, is written not only in German, but in what is called German Gothic script, as it was written before 1915. Much like James M. Beadler wrote in the foreword for the book Tips and Tricks of Deciphering German Handwriting by Catherine Schrober, my first peek here at German cursive script was enough to make me curse and maybe drink. Obviously, I now have a book and several PDFs that I printed off genealogical sites to aid in my puzzling out this handwriting. The handwriting in Germany prior to the second half of the 20th century is very different from the handwriting used in Germany today, so different that even modern Germans can even have difficulty reading it. I'm not alone. Hooray. The old-fashioned script that appears in my diaries is known as current schrift or running script. I'm going to butcher all the German words because, like I said, German is not something I know. Well, that was only taught in schools until the mid-20th century. This wasn't adjusted until the foundation of the German Empire in 1871, bringing about the need for standard grammar, pronunciation, and writing. So, first hurdle handed. I have several keys or charts in my resource folder, as while this is the general look of the script, everyone's handwriting is different, even in our own English script. The next hurdle was figuring out Julius's handwriting and its unique features compared to the keys I have available to me. This is easier said than done, mostly because I have little working knowledge of the German language in the first place. I may have bitten off more than I can chew. The first entry took over a week to tackle correctly. A frustrating week of swearing, throwing pencils, and texting my brother with something along the lines of, I hate the German language with the passion of a thousand burning badgers. Actually, the burning part, I think, was something my brother actually suggested later on after I explained to him what I was going through. Google Translate, along with some slightly less useful apps on my phone, were my best friends as I played some convoluted version of Hangman, a game which I lost more frequently than I won. I started even scribbling out my pencil marks rather than erasing out of pure frustration when my translation turned out to be a bunch of garbage that made no sense in any language. 
I'm sure some of my depictions of the written German are wrong, but I believe I got enough correct to become a meaningful translation of the first thing Julius felt the need to write down. I translated some of the colloquialisms into what would make sense in our language to the best of my ability. So here's the German. Keep in mind that some of my changes I may not have written down, don't be moi, and keep in mind that I do not speak German, so I am going to be butchering this. Okay? Which the U alone, I understand, is shorthand for und. So und, notizan uber meine Reichena, New Orleans in August 1864. Und moron meiner an Weissenheit, das Scheid war überpendent und weinen Verschachten genus Welch. Ich wein Brut. Das seinen Tag für Abgenus. And I'm not going to continue butchering this over and over and over again because I'm sure anybody who knows German isn't understanding anything I'm saying. If you'd like to see my entire train description of the German from the letter. It is available on my blog, uh, AaronBlackwood.wordpress.com. Um, but if it took forever. And I'm sure a bunch of that is wrong and actually non-existent as a German word. But thankfully, Google Translate kind of anticipates that and fixes things for you. But this is as close to his spelling as I can get. And it was close enough for Google Translate to help me out. As I translated with Google, I fiddled with some words as the translation wasn't making sense. Changing letters that are very similar to each other in his script um, and changing them until it actually made sense. It was a meticulous process that eventually paid dirt. So in translation, this is pretty close to what I think Julius wrote. Diary and notes regarding my travel to New Orleans, August 1864, and my presence near there. The farewell was overwhelming and tearful, squandering the pleasure which I knew my brothers had given me, because a day earlier, 11th of August 1864, I left Herman with PRR Captain Hunter of the 3rd MSM, which more than likely stands for Missouri State Militia. The PRR, I still haven't figured out what that means. And I continue. And they did not accompany us to St. Louis. In Washington, I met Eitzen and Fernstein, who then went to St. Louis, which we stopped at in good time, and where I met Robert and Herman immediately at the depot. I went to the Prescott house, as Eitzen did, so we can meet up after the night and head to Tivoli, if we know where we're going. Yes, I have a place that has become home for 16 years, and God knows if and when I will ever see it again. Despite the fact that I never asked for my home when I was young and asked for free reign, I left you voluntarily to give myself and others peace and quiet. May our steps not have been in vain, and if we ourselves never find peace, may others find it. I myself, however, hope to at least force myself to forget my feelings about life. He mentioned a few places in this entry, Herman, Missouri. It's his hometown, as well as the name of his brother, the elusive one, Herman. 
St. Louis is obvious, but Tivoli and Washington are also referring to towns in Missouri. Washington still exists. Uh, Tivoli, I can't find, but there are references to Tivoli in St. Louis now. So I'm assuming Tivoli was actually a suburb of St. Louis that has now been subsumed into the city itself. Um, obviously, we're not talking about the rather more popular and well-known locations that share the same names of Washington and Tivoli. This is all in Missouri. Robert and Herman are his brothers, as stated earlier, but he also mentions an Eitzen and Fernstein. Charles D. Eitzen was also originally from Herman, Missouri. There's even a statue of him still standing today in the same Again, a biography was provided in that wonderful publication I mentioned in my first podcast and post of Gasconade County, and it says the following. Charles D. Eitzen, one of the oldest merchants and conceded to be among the most influential citizens of Gasconade County, was born in Bremen, Germany, August 20th, 1819, and immigrated to America and located in Hermann in 1838 a short time after this town was laid out. For three years, he clerked in the first and only store in the town, and in 1841, when but 21 years of age, purchased the store and began on his own account, a business in which he has continued to the present. In 1855, before the completion of the railroad to Herman, he engaged largely in the lumber business, meeting with success and shipping great quantities of yellow pine to points up the Missouri River. At the same time, as agent for the Merrimack Iron Company, he shipped iron to different places on the Mississippi and Ohio rivers. In all public affairs, Mr. Eisen has taken a prominent part. Politically, he is a staunch Republican and during the war firmly supported the federal government and part of the time was captain of a company of militia in active service. In 1861, he was elected from his senatorial district, comprised of the counties of Franklin, Osage, and Gasconade, a member of the Constitutional Convention, in which body he labored in opposition to secession. In 1875, was elected to the State Constitutional Convention, and in 1876, was elected to the 29th General Assembly of Missouri. In 1871, he became identified with the public schools of Herman, which were at the time in poor condition, but under his management and inspiration, a two-story, commodious school building was erected, an ornament to the city. Since then, educational interests have constantly increased. Mr. Eitzen is now a member of the Board of Trustees. For 25 years, he has been connected with the Town Board of Trustees, during most of which time he has served as mayor. In April 1844, he was married to Miss Jane Kerr, who was born him seven children, three of which whom survive. A quick Google search about him provides an abundance of information, including some images of his mansion in California, Missouri. Fernstein, however, was more elusive. I found a record of a Charles Fernstein as a lieutenant in the Missouri Infantry, but he was discharged earlier in 1864, but they also disbanded certain parts of the Missouri Infantry earlier in 1864 and restarted them 
So I think this might be him, but I can also doubt that with this information that it is our man. There is also a Charles Fernstein listed as a constable in the history of Franklin, Jefferson, Washington, Crawford, and Gascony counties. We have, shall have to see if any more comes of this name. To end this first trip into the past, I feel that Julius is a man who is resigning himself to the possibility of death. Understandable, considering the war is well known at this point, as it has been going on for three years. The ending of this entry seems melancholy and foreboding, and I'm hoping he simply had an emotional and depressing personality and things improve for him. <laughs>